What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. I'm gonna go ahead and read one. And um, this one is uh, a message of hope to addicted and betrayed. I've enjoyed the couple episodes that have been published and will continue reviewing them weekly. I have gained a greater understanding to what it means to be in recovery. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing this great resource that is so hopeful. Yay. So that's good. Our message is to spread hope. So that's exactly what they saw. So that's good. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's really cool. I, you know, I've had some friends even who have hopped on our podcast and I think they listened to the episode about check-ins or something. And yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, uh, we're doing it all wrong. And really, I, I think it's helpful. You know, some of the realities of what we talk about are difficult and hard. But for, for them, for somebody to have a resource of like, oh, there's some answers and some, some things that I can shift so that I don't keep causing myself suffering, yeah. um, it's, it's good stuff. So That is cool. Yeah. Let me read one more. Um, this is titled, There is Hope. Although our story is different in that the addictions are to substances, the message of hope and healing and the tools needed to recover are the same. Thank you for sharing your story and the tools that you have acquired in your recovery. You are truly saving lives and marriages. I'm so anxious every week to hear the newest podcast. We will be forever grateful for your courage and for our blessed because you were willing to share. Thank you again. That's awesome. I, lo- I love that. I'm glad you read that one because it's about, you know, substance abuse. And the how of recovery is the same. Honesty, openness, and willingness, whether it's sex addiction, whether it's substance abuse. So. And, and, and really, every episode we talk about is about how to be honest and authentic. And we just talk about those things in different ways. So, <laughs> yep. That's true. Yeah. So thanks for the reviews. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's jump into what we're talking about today, um, which is, you know, as we talk about this, it's prevention work for future addiction. So um, I love talking about prevention of addiction. So what we're going to talk about is specifically what to do when you find out that your your child um, is viewing pornography, masturbating, acting out sexually. And um, what you may think that you should do might be the very worst thing to do. And also, let's talk about the struggles that parents have to respond in a healthy way because uh, there's all kinds of reasons why a parent might, might respond in a really unhealthy way. Um, so I think to start, maybe let's talk about some of the most common responses to finding out that your, your son or your daughter is looking at at pornography. So I think one of the most common responses is to freak out. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, you're scared because you don't know what you don't know and what, you know, what is the extent of it? You know, what really is going on? So I think that's one of the common responses. What are some other things you you guys have heard 
from um, people. More like disappointment and sharing mm-hmm. in a way that is more shame-filled than lo- out of love. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, like, not to shame the parents listening, really, because there is no handbook on parenting. Right. But we're trying to help aid in that successful way of doing it right now. Right. So even if you've messed up. That's a great point. <laughs> As we talk about ways not to do it, You've probably done these things, and that's okay, but you're listening right now, so you're trying to figure out better ways to, to respond. Totally. Right? I can share with you the, the, the way that my dad responded when I was looking at a Playboy in a gas station in Butte, Montana, in the middle of the night when I was, I don't know, eight or something, was um, he just said, never do that again. Yeah, and that was stop the, it. And he avoided the conversation. Yeah, don't do that again, and then he avoided the conversation. So it's too embarrassing to talk about, so we're just, just don't do it. And although I'm, although his words were just never do that again, his message was something different, right, Kobe? Yeah, his message was, yeah, don't do it again, and I'm not going to talk about it. So um, it wasn't so just important hide it enough, <laughs> or it wasn't as severe enough, and it just seemed like, well, that's a silly thing to say. I'm sure this is probably what I thought, right? But that's a silly thing to say with no explanation. Right, right, and that's it. That's it? That's it. So there you are looking at naked women I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like this is pretty exciting. Like this is, holy cow, what did I find here? And you're eight, nine years old and you're told never do that again. Yeah. That's really confusing, right? Like, uh, I'm sure it was. You, you knew there was your shame, there's shame there. You were doing something wrong, you probably knew. But you also didn't know why it was feeling so good right. to look at that pornography. I'm not sure that I actually really knew that I was doing anything wrong. Because if you think about this, right? The whole family stopped in the middle of the night to get fuel and to go to the toilet. And my siblings are going to the toilet. My parents are going to the toilet. And on my way out from the from from you know using the toilet, I see it. I pull it off and I'm looking at it in the middle of the store. And the clerk is watching me. What would what would you? I mean, if you were a clerk watching an eight year old like right. Playboy, <laughs> maybe oh, that's why they're not there. I had no I had no issue with it clearly because I was like, right. oh, I recognize you, you that. That's at my neighbor's house across the street. <laughs> I, I know exactly what to do with that. I look at it. Right. That's exactly where I was. And right. um and so what that what that does tell you though, and if you have a kid who's who is like me, who is just um curious and doesn't realize that there's anything quote unquote wrong with that or doesn't realize what the effect of that will be, then that's actually a really great opportunity because that means that um I haven't felt or that your child hasn't felt any shame about it. Therefore that that's actually a really big advantage in having the discussion. I, you know, I actually, and I'm not recommending this, but I actually uh, was talking to a guy recently who went and bought some pornography, and and it was it was uh, printed pornography, and he stuck it um, on the the bench of his truck, right where his son usually sits on purpose, so his son would see it, and he'd know that his son saw it, and then he could you know start a conversation with him about it. Curious. Now, I don't love the idea because, you know, he's choosing to expose his son to pornography. Um, but I do like the premise underneath what it, what he's doing. Because what he's trying to do is say, look, you're going to have these feelings. This is going to come up in your life. The dad would rather have him um, catch it. it and introduce it and talk about it yeah. and then, um, then have, you know, a, a buddy's phone at school introduce it to him. And so that's why he did it. Um, but you don't. I don't think you need to go as far as putting pornography in front of your child's face in right. order to have those conversations. I'll right? tell you what we did. We got the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, because mm-hmm. it literally 
I mean, it's not showing pornography, but it explains why. Right. Most kids just want to know why. And for me, I was taught, like, we just don't do it because that's what our religion says. Like, it's bad. Right. But that didn't totally explain it to me. Right. Like, the brain part of it is what really clicked. Like, oh, I don't want that. Right. Right. It's It's not enough to just say, don't look at porn, it's bad. Right. Right. So, and and that's oftentimes what happens is uh, a parent will walk in on, on their son masturbating or look at a computer history and see all the pornography that their son's been looking at and be like, oh my gosh, right. now, now what? And then they sit them down and they say, hey, that's not something we do. Stop it. And stop it is not the way to respond in any way. Um, major punishment is not a way to respond either. Um, you don't want to punish your child after you catch them looking at porn. And there's a reason why. that, And you guys know the reason. What's the reason why? Mm-hmm. If you punish them. So they're, if they're already hiding it, then they already know it's bad. And they have shame about it. They have shame yeah. about it, but they have temptation. And they, they're, you know, their natural sexual desires draw them back to it. And then they hide it, and they but find other ways. Is kind of thing. Is that yeah. Well, the, yeah. I mean, they're they're drawn to that lust. They're drawn to that, and and they're, if they're hiding it, they already know it's bad. So when you catch them, and you get really big and nasty and mean, then their fears about you know the reasons why they they've been hiding it come true. Okay. Um, it makes them realize like, oh dang Don't it! Don't ever I tell. I really <laughs> should have hidden this. Yeah. yeah. And, and you want to respond opposite than what they think you'll do. Because if you respond in love and curiosity and connection and support, then they'll be like, oh, wow, like I, this thing that I've been so shameful about and wanting to hide and like mom and dad, they're here to help me. Like, I can tell them like about some hard things and they'll support me. They don't need more shame heaped upon the shame that they're already feeling right they don't need to get grounded for a week because they got caught for this thing and i know that might go contrary to like well you know in our house there's consequences for things that you do well guess what they've already got a ton of consequences going on internally inside of them they're confused they have shame um their self-worth is being broken down you don't need to to add upon that that was exactly my experience like exactly, and that that might not have been my experience when I was an eight year old in the gas station in Butte, Montana. But I knew for sure that my my self worth was just completely dissolving, mm-hmm. and I also knew that I had to hide it really well as I got older, when I got my hands on magazines or or uh, whatever the case was. And um, so so they do suffer inside, and and, it, and it's funny that you, you bring that up in that specific way because I had a friend that reached out this last week and said, "Hey, I've got a son." Like we know that he's looked at porn, it's been on his phone. Should I should I tell him that I'm disappointed in him? And it was a really really good question. Looking back on it, and and my my first thought, I'm thinking like to this kid, like, well, no, because all of a sudden I'm I'm that kid, right, right, it, my, myself, and I'm thinking, don't don't tell him that. But I just said, I asked the question, what what will that do for him? Because he already knows the expectation is from church. And otherwise, that we just don't look at porn. But since right. he has, how will it serve him to say, "I'm disappointed in you"? Because he's already know, he already knows he hasn't met those expectations. Well, how 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 different would it be instead of saying going to him and saying, "You know, I'm really disappointed at what you've done," 
and going to him and saying, you know, I'm really worried for you. I'm really concerned for you because here's the consequences of, of doing this thing. And I love you and I'm, I, I, want, I don't want those things in your life. And so let's talk about supporting you not to do this thing. Do you hear the difference there? It's yeah. such a shift in, in the way you respond. And I think the delivery on that too, like just, just modeling. If, if you're listening to this and you're going, how am I going to have this conversation? Like take Brandon's line, literally just right. from just a, know, moment, just a second ago. Cause it was, it was soft and it was gentle right. and it was really from a place of love. And, and I'm telling you, if you're a parent of a kid who has watched porn and, and you have to have the conversation still, your nonverbals and the tone of your voice and how the words you, you know, say, the words you say, there's so many so things that can, important. that can have an impact on the conversation because what you really want them to do is to come to you in future anytime they do have a struggle with this. Yes. So safety it's not just paramount. going to go away. Like you have the, the great no. conversation, right? And it, right. you feel like it's okay. We're done. We're over. It's, they're going to struggle with it still. Right, exactly. So it's it's not a one-time thing. Hey, I love you. I support you. And we've talked about this. So Don't now you're it. not going to get tempted again. <laughs> They're going to be tempted even more so now because yeah. they've they've tasted those fruits, so to speak. And you you become a place where they learn how to live their life on the surface. If they learn how to live their life underneath the surface because of the shame, then addiction starts to take hold. So, yeah, your safety is everything. Now, what you were saying, you, you said a couple of things that I want to comment on. One, you said, if you're a parent of a child who's watched porn, um, if you are a parent, then you will, will probably be a parent of a child who's seen porn or a child that will see porn. In today's or one day, that's watching currently, or is, right? If, in today's day and age, the chances of your child viewing pornography is pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. So. Agreed. So what we're talking about today doesn't apply to them, you know, other people. It won't happen to us. Yeah, it applies to you as a parent because it's an issue for every parent um, in, in today's day and age. It, it, it will happen. You know, Kobe, when we grew up, there were playboys underneath the neighbor's dad's bed, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and even then, we were, like, I found my first pornography when I was, I think, 10 years old under a tree at a park. Mm-hmm. I was exposed to it because I just found it under a tree at a park. Totally. Um, we were exposed to it. But think about now, the accessibility of pornography. It's everywhere. So And they're finding them. Like, they, they're, oh, they're seeking those out. kids because if they can get them young, they're hooked. There's clickbait all over the Internet that just yeah. draws them in. And I think that's the important part, what you just said, Ashlyn, is like bursting the bubble of the parents who want to live in this and, and this is kind of a uh, kind of a harsh part of the reality of this whole scenario is we're going to burst your bubble and tell you that people who make porn are going to try to find your kids and Absolutely. we don't live in a world where your kids are going to go try to find the stuff even playboys. the kids youtube has bad stuff on it guys so um i will say this our friend one of the friends who reached out this week said when they asked he found through pop-ups it, he wasn't searching right. it out he wasn't doing anything that wasn't allowed in the house. But once that came up, he kept trying to click out. Even on his phone, it was like how the old computers would, you know, you try to, oh, it's got a virus. I got to hurry. Right. It wouldn't let him. And then he got hooked every single day. I have a client who listens to this podcast, so she knows who she is, so hi. (laughs) And she won't mind if I share this, but her son in in the last two weeks um, started viewing pornography through Wikipedia. 
Really? Yeah. That's how he started down that road. And he was wow. doing a book report for school. See? And it just led oh, down to pornography. So it, they'll be exposed to pornography. Um, but the other thing that you said, Kobe, that, I, that is so important is your words don't say as much as your energy that you put out there to your child. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying all the right things but you're awkward or you're freaked out or you're shaking, you're, yeah, you're angry, tense. deep down and tense, um, or you want to get out of the conversation as fast as you possibly can, you're sending that message to them of – this is gross. This is shameful. This is wrong. Therefore, you you're are. gross. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're already feeling I'm gross and yeah. I, I'm wrong. There's some I'm bad, right? Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with me. So you know, take but before you just jump into it with them, take take a, a second, calm down, get grounded, figure out how to show up with love and and empathy and understanding to them, and. Um, and, and you want to express that non-verbally as much as you do verbally. Um, one thing that's really hard to do is if you are a recovering addict or if you're currently acting out, um, you're going to have a really hard time showing up in the right way for your, your son because yeah. you, you, this is something you don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. It's something that's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Know, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to get vulnerable about it with you because I struggle with it myself. So I don't, I don't know what to do here. A lot of times there's a lot of guilt. Like you, you have this problem because I handed this down to you. Um, and so if you want to respond well to your, your son, then work on yourself. Um, the other thing is for, for the mom. If mom hasn't worked her own recovery around her husband's pornography addiction and then son's looking at pornography you can imagine the response that she has to catching her son with pornography after she's experienced betrayal trauma right i had a friend reach out today saying that but she responded in such a healthy way i was like good "Good for you good her 15 year old son coming and saying i'm struggling with this Right. And she's divorced, you know, kind of, like it's cool. Right. She's done her own work. Yeah. So, and, and, and it, what a blessing that, I, I, I mean, I hate to say this because it's probably hard what she went through. Uh, absolutely. But what a blessing that what she went through has led to her being able to respond well to her son. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's changing a pattern there, right? Yeah. Um, but if she responds in a way where, where look, son, now you're, you're, uh, you know, you're going to be a horrible husband. You're going to be a, a horrible man. That's not what he needs. So Yeah, so that's a question. I've had a few people reach out saying, can Kobe call and talk to my son? And he actually doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the fear. I don't put the fear in him or something. I don't know. I, I, I envision, and this is weird, and, you know, this is because I what I do all day every day. But wouldn't it be awesome to have, like, a panel of, of you know, five to ten men like grown men, and then have a bunch of teenagers show up and ask any question about porn, about sexuality, that it's an open, honest conversation about it, as opposed to, like, we don't talk about it, and it's awkward, and we can't go there, right? So That'd be pretty liberating. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be pretty cool, and I'm sure that there's tons of kids who would appreciate that, and... Um, should there be tons of parents who are like, yes, please do that, because I don't want to have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally normal, for sure, too. Totally normal. Right. Do you have something, Ashton? No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, 
um, I, I want to walk through steps, okay? Totally of, key. Of, of, how, sure. of how to do this. So let's say there's an initial um, something that, you know, you catch your, your son. Something goes on, okay? First thing you do is, um, is calm yourself down. So take a second, get mindful. Um, then how you approach them. Um, don't interrogate. Um, don't punish. So, how, I mean, like, how, what do you guys think? How would you approach them? Man, I mean. Well, we do have kids who are very young who do come to us and, and say these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on their level. It's not right. what a, an older kid is doing. Um, but we allow them to tell us, at, you know, we did it last night. I got I to gotta say one thing that you guys are excellent at with your girls is, you know, we're talking about post, like, catching something. But the, the groundwork that you've laid before this is so important. So if you have a relationship built on trust and safety and they know they're loved, then it's a lot easier to approach them. If you don't have that and you're like, hey, I want to talk to you about something really hard, they're going to be like, why are we that. doing this? Yeah, like. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. Not we the norm. Why are we doing this now? Yeah, we don't have that type of relationship. So mm. what, all of a sudden you care. You know? Yeah. And so you lay the groundwork first. Um, you get mindful. You, you approach them with love and concern. And, and you be direct and honest. So don't interrogate. Don't be like, hey, what have you been looking at? Or try to catch them in a lie or see if they'll lie or not. Don't do that. Just say, hey, you know, I was on the computer last night and I found this history. And I think that you've been looking at pornography, you know, so super simple, simple. Yeah. Let's talk about it, you know, and, and you know, what's going to happen most likely they'll squirm. Oh yeah. Right? I would. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got caught. I've been caught. <laughs> yeah. Right. And right then, um, validate their uncomfortableness. They're squirming. So like, how do you do that? You just say, uh, like, I get it that it's probably really uncomfortable that I'm bringing this up and it's probably really scary. Right. Oh yeah. And they'll say, yeah, like, yeah, I I didn't do that. And then validate their, their squirm again, validate (laughs) their uncomfortableness. Like, you know what? I'd probably, and and, and the thing is, is you probably can tell if your child's lying or not. Most of us parents can kind of read that. Um, you don't want to get caught up in yes, you did or no, you didn't. Okay, so so just empathize and validate how they're feeling. Okay. And and I would also the context behind that from from my perspective was is that at all costs I never wanted to be in trouble. Yeah, it was self preservation. So you might have a kid who is, and I'm not saying this is every kid, but if they're going to give you that, no, it wasn't me. It's probably out of self preservation because they don't want to feel like they're going to be in trouble, or they're going to be punished, deemed bad maybe. or punished. Well, so so I would very quickly let them know that they're not in trouble. I'd say, look, you're, you're not in trouble um, at all, and I get why this is uncomfortable, but we definitely got to talk about this. That can help diffuse yeah. it in a big way. Yeah. And remember this, too, that if your kid is watching porn, um, whether they, it was the first time, whether it's been happening and you're finally ready to address it, it's, it, in my opinion, it's because there's something going on in life that's relative to their age and what they're dealing with in their life that, that causes 
them to um, to want to numb out. So there's they're, they're dealing with some kind of trouble, some kind of stress. Could be dealing with boredom. Could be dealing with something traumatic. Math at school. Yeah. Well, Homework I gotta up. I gotta say you're absolutely right, Kobe. Um, and uh, so you take a 13 year old boy. He may be looking at pornography because. His math homework and his bully at school is a jerk, and and so he's escaping life. Totally. And he may be looking at pornography because he's a 13-year-old boy with a penis. Do you know what I mean? doesn't have yeah. to deal with the fact that he's hit puberty. And, and sex sex is on his mind, and it's and it's everywhere. And, like, so he's tempted by that, and he yeah. wants to go view it for that reason alone, right? And that, and that would be... <clears throat> That would be okay too, but if you can look at it from those two, those two those aspects, two, two can, yeah, things. see them, then all of a sudden it's like, wait, like my kid needs some help and needs some soothing, and needs some tools, and healthy we need to redirect soothing. it. Yeah, healthy soothing, exactly. And I'm going to step in here because there are parents listening who have daughters with the same. So we're not just talking about boys. Well, teenage boys. I'm so glad you say that, Ashlyn, because it's so interesting. Um, we we talk about boys and, and boy addicts of porn addiction and all that. Um, you know, teenage girls masturbate and look at porn, and they get they get involved with uh, chat rooms and social media things that are really unhealthy. Um, just almost just as much as boys do, yeah. and and so it's just as important to have these conversations with your daughters. And so. I feel like the girls who've reached out to us, it's a little more shameful. It I is. don't know if that's the case, but well, because they're they're, like, it's a boy. They're thing. women. They're not supposed to be sexual, which right. is the dumbest thing ever. Because it's not true, right? But be, because of that belief in our culture, it's it's that much more disgusting and wrong mm-hmm. for them to be doing it. And so, for you to be so much safer for them is really important. So you so. just, I mean, you've just described multiple layers. If we look at your kids as like an onion with emotional needs and and feelings and layers and layers. Um, if it's a, if you've got a daughter who's looking at porn, then there's some emotions there from some place. Where they're need, they're hurting in some way. Yeah, and and yeah. and they they're looking for a comfort or soothing in some way, and so they're finding it in in pornography, and masturbation, and then there's the shame of the fact that they've been doing that or they did do it, which is also heartbreaking for them, and it's going to like rip their heart out. So if you can see them with empathy, as though they need help, because they do, right? Then it's going to be easier to approach this with it in a delicate way. Okay, so without like going off on this too far. Um, is masturbation okay? I think that's a, a super fair question. In fact, this was asked to us this week. Ashlyn, do you, what, what was, you've got a, a cute little smile on your face. You can answer. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I really do want to hear what you're saying. What, we, what you're we, we really need to do a full episode on Just this on one. masturbation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so. I feel like people fight us on this. So, no, I'm not answering. Okay, so, so I'll. <laughs> This is so great, but I, so so for me, my that was asked to us by our friend this week. He reached out saying, "My son's, you know, looking." In fact, she didn't even re, didn't even register with her that he he it would was be just, doing both. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I said, "Well, masturbation. If they're looking at porn, chances are they're, they're masturbating. masturbating. Mm-hmm. But masturbation can be an issue without you know, really going down this rabbit hole far because it can lead to fantasy and it can lead to." Porn and disconnection and disconnection, like the road that it that it that, it ta- that masturbation takes a person down. What, what's the problem? Is it the masturbation or the shame around masturbating? Yes. So I, I I don't want to. <laughs> let, okay, let's stop there. Let's not go too far because this is this is I don't want to get into that debate. And um, but 
but it's when it comes to what we're talking about on, on the podcast today, it's important to understand something. Um, you you want to normalize what they're doing, and at the same time, you want to be their parent and teach them. So, so what I mean by that is, if they're masturbating, and you say you shouldn't do that, and we, I mean, we know ninety nine percent of people have masturbated, and the one percent that haven't are liars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so you want to normalize, Hey, you're 13, you're going through puberty. Like this being sexual is a normal thing and it's actually okay to want to masturbate. Okay. Your body's going to want to, you're going to want to masturbate. You're going to want to look at, uh, the, you know, naked people and that's normal. That's part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as a parent, you want to teach them how to keep things within boundaries. So, um, you, if you, if you can't normalize it, then you can't really connect to them as to where they're at. If you can normalize it, then you can start to teach them. You can start to put the building blocks in place to create those boundaries. So, um, you know, the analogy I always use with kids is sexuality is like fire, you know, without fire, us humans might not be here. We need it, right? And uh, it keeps us warm. It keeps us safe. It gives us light. But if we just remove all the boundaries from a fire, it'll kill us. And it's the same. It will engulf us. It'll engulf us and take us over. Lives, yeah. yeah. And and sex is the same way. So the problem with the internet is the boundaries have been just removed. Mm-hmm. And usually by the time you're catching your kids looking at porn they've busted through a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. they're looking at at explicit stuff that you probably couldn't even imagine right so you got to pull that back for them and the way you pull that back is by saying look like your feelings are normal wanting to do this is normal totally i had a church leader once say you know every every kid's gonna masturbate and um you you need to teach them how to manage that And, and this has come from a church leader Normally, the, the dialogue is you tell them, no, they can't do that. It's bad, right? So I'm not saying masturbation is good or it's bad or either way. It's not about condoning it or, or, or condemning it. It's about normalizing it. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Because we don't want them to have a misconception of this it's for when they're in me. a relationship <laughs> with a partner later in life and have an ill effect there. And if you could teach them about that, like look, sex is something between two people and – um, you know, sex in a, in a committed relationship is one of the best things ever. Um, and so if you get used to having sex with yourself, one, you know, if you can have this open dialogue and they're old enough to understand this, it leads to erectile dysfunction. It leads to secrecy. It leads to disconnection. Shame. Shame. Those are all things that, that undermine a healthy relationship. That, and you, you probably don't want that in your life so that you can have real intimacy, Right. And so you want to teach them that, but also teach them it's normal to want to be sexual. Right? And I'm just listening to you right now. I'm thinking, okay, if you're a parent and you have no idea how to have this conversation about masturbation and, and your kid is of age, then turn on this podcast and just say, let's go back to minute whatever it is, 22, and let's just listen to this. What because did this say? Is a really, Let me memorize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, but, but I think having the kid hear this can be a great catalyst for a really important conversation because all of a sudden you hear a third party literally narrate this. Right. An expert in a, in, a, in a great and healthy way. And now all of a sudden this, this conversation is on the table. Right. And now it's up for discussion. Right. It's been objectified. 
and it's safe. Right. My kids, before they even know, uh, I mean, it's it's all age appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they can only take in what they can really ingest, like yeah. what, what they can make sense of. But my my kids will know, look, I'm going to want to be sexual and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to wa- I'm going to desire to look at porn or to masturbate or whatever and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but hopefully they'll also know um why they want to choose other things and and what they want to choose in their life and then they can ask me about that and talk openly about that. We had conversations that's... this week. Mhm. Right house about masturbation. Yep. Yeah. And you know, like <laughs> you know, uh, uh, we started at a young age masturbating. I mean, touching ourselves. And I mean, my four-year-old is touching her vagina all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's so interested in what it right now. Thing? And yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's totally normal. And yeah. I think at four years old, if I was saying, hey, don't do that. Stop. Like, or like, even if you said hands up, like that still doesn't educate. And, and in fact, it, it, you, you alluded to this earlier. Brandon, and and this goes back to a, a talk I listened to earlier uh, from a spiritual leader, and he said something to the effect of the education of our desires is super important for a human existence, and if we can, if we realize that we as human beings are wired with sexual desires, but we need to educate ourselves about those desires, then they can be deployed in the right context with the right people in the right time. We're going to be okay. They're not exactly. the enemy. <laughs> it's not, yeah. This self-rejection, when we, when, we, when we preach rejection of yourself when it comes to sex, we are basically packaging up shame and giving it to our kids. Oh, man. And, and so you've got to do the opposite thing almost of what you've been taught. Because what our generation has been taught is you have a one-time talk about sex. Dad tells you it, it's only supposed to happen between you and your wife, and don't think about it otherwise. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> what, you know. It works well. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're not doing it that way. <laughs> yeah, that does not work. And in the meantime, you know, the teenage boy is thinking about sex all the time. What's wrong with not me? Not knowing what to do with it, you know. Nor, nor whom, with whom to talk about it. Right. The, and, it, you know, it's... right. So let's so, let's circle back to again the steps. Let's just okay. re- recap those again. Yeah, we're kind of bouncing around. Funny how <laughs> so masturbation took us on a tangent. Stop, stop, and get <laughs> stop and get calm and yeah. mindful. Right. Um, validate their feelings of uncomfortableness about talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, be as comfortable as you can possible possibly be when you do talk about it. And it would be even be okay to say this is uncomfortable for me. Probably. As much as it's uncomfortable for you. Right. If, if you are uncomfortable. Yeah, if, if you are. It's better for you to acknowledge that than it is for you to fake it, right? Totally. And so um, validate how uncomfortable they are um, and then let, let them know, them they're, know not they're not in trouble. And, and then just kind of wait and let them start to open up a little bit. Um, ask them to ask questions. Um, start the teaching process next about it. If they're open to that, right? Would this be okay to have um, at like the kitchen table or on a drive or on a walk or on a hike or sitting by a fire? So a great place to have talks like this is not is not right after they got in a fight with their sibling and they're they're upset already. All fired up. Yeah, a great place to have it is is to go for a drive. You know, go for a drive up in the mountains or on a back road. Um, 
another good place is to sit in a hot tub because they're trapped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you're sitting there in a hot tub and you can talk um, on a ski lift, you know, like places where it's calm, where um, you're having a good day and you can bring stuff up like this. Um, you know, you go for a walk. But... I'm going to add something. Don't include other siblings. No. That happened at my house. and It was super awkward. Yeah, like you, bring like you brought bring everybody in, in and said, who did this? And it was like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, no, no that's one's going to take, take one for the Someone team. took the blame. I was like super impressed, but yeah, I felt really awkward. Yeah, that is a bad idea because then it just, it's heaping. It's one, it's the interrogation with everybody. Well, and there. we never talked about it again. So I just was like, oh, that person's doing it. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. So, you know, we, we, we have a circle and the Disney circle, yeah, the Disney circle thing. We're getting our, which it's is awesome. amazing. And everybody should get one. I don't want to shit on you guys, but, <laughs> but you should, <laughs> you, but you should get one and, and they don't endorse this or anything, but, but when you get something like that, it's a great opportunity to say, Hey, like kids, why are we getting this? And they'll not know. And you can say, well, there are certain things online and you can start the the conversation then you could the certainly right there. yeah the um the the good pictures bad pictures and disney circle kind of lesson together oh excellent right it's like folding those okay right here and, it I told is, my and then friend, here's the device it's going to help us and yeah like introduce it start that groundwork but can't circle back to it like and to you know keep yeah. coming back every month or if you need to if it's like you have a family night lesson or something where it's applicable instead of like once a year. Well, so to that point, Ashlyn, is the circle, the good pictures, bad pictures, those things are awesome. But what's really awesome is that you're having conversations about about them. And that's what good pictures, bad pictures does is start that conversation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have those because of that book. You know, you go to the mall and our seven-year-old would say, that right there isn't a good picture. And right. it, it's her in her head. Like she gets it. And it's right. not pornography, but it's a bad picture to her. Right. Absolutely. And and that also just puts the conversation on the table so it can be revisited really at any time. Totally. And then I would also suggest um, Ashlyn and I have worry time with our kids each night where after we've said our family prayer, we go into the bedroom of each of our kids and kneel down by their bedside and just talk to them about their worries and you know their good moments and their tough moments and when they were sad. But if you have normal everyday conversations with your kids like each day just to assess how they're doing in life uh-huh. they're going to give you some cues as to anything that's that, that's worrisome anything that has them stressed and that's relative to a to, from a kindergartner to a kid who is a senior in high school but if you open lines of communication you're not there to correct you're just there to listen and to connect with how they are then it's going to be easier to have the more challenging conversations that are more awkward like this you know i I'm going to talk as if I'm the world's greatest dad. Um, but I just, just before this, I went and ate lunch at my daughter's school with her. Oh, that's cool. We ate this disgusting school lunch. <laughs> it was horrible. And, and the whole time, I, it was father guilt. It was like, why do I not make my daughter lunch? Because this is horrible. Um, and, and we sat there, and we hardly said anything to each other. And my daughter, was, she's, she was really quiet at lunch. and But she thought it was so cool that dad was at lunch with her at school. And then we went out and played this little Frisbee game at recess. And Dad win. And, well, you know, like uh, that is as much prevention for addiction, prevention for – because 
I'm, I'm spending time with her saying, Hey, like I love you more than anything. And so when you screw up, I love you more than anything. And, and you know, if I don't put the input in, if I don't put the investment into that relationship, then I can't all of a sudden fix it when something goes bad because one, I want to look like a good dad. And two, I don't want my daughter to get hurt. I've got to put in that investment so that I can have these hard conversations so that, so that I can teach her um, when, and she'll listen to me and trust me when it, when it's, when I can. So love it. Love it. Hey, I have a question before we end. Um, Is, would you say that it's helpful or not helpful to share kind of relate to your child when it's a hard topic like this? Oh, excellent. Like your own story or this is something we had to cover in this episode. So I'm, I'm so glad you asked. Um, 100,000% like use your own experience. Um, appropriately. I was afraid you'd say no, because no. like, we do that. <laughs> a- appropriately. So, um, you know, if, if dad's talking to his seven-year-old and he's saying, hey, I want to tell you what it was like for me to sleep with a prostitute, <laughs> bad idea. Not a right? good idea. But when, you know, when teenage son starts masturbating and you masturbated to pornography when you were a teenager, um, empathize and relate and, and, and teach because you have that experience. So if you're in recovery from a sex addiction and you're doing well in your recovery, then, then you actually have a lot of tools to hand down to your kids um, to prevent it. Um, also, um, you know, as, as a spouse as well, you have a ton of tools because you've experienced a lot of things. So, I still remember when my parents shared their own stories here and there with hard situations because I thought they were like on this pedestal, like... They're my parents. They don't do anything, and they were always perfect. And so to hear that they struggled, I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know. Maybe your kids felt that same way too. Yeah, for sure. I think it's and, – and, and what uh, the other thing you're doing with that is you're, you're showing them the goal here isn't to be perfect. Like I've screwed up. We all do. The goal here is to work through our problems and be able to do that. So – well, if you get a little bit vulnerable, like we, we talk vulnerability all the time, but then why with our children would we say, nope, act like you're Perfect. not ever vulnerable? Um, and and the, the argument is, well, I don't want to give them the idea that it's okay. And you don't have to teach them that it's okay to say, look, I've done this and I've experienced this, and this is why learn, learn from, learn me. from yeah. me. Not don't, don't go learn the hard way. Right. So... I, I actually think it's really important to use your own experience. Good. And it makes you human. It makes you connect. So, Our family motto, you can always fix it. So, I you guys, you can always fix it. And love we love you no matter no what. No matter what. Yep. And so. Mine is go fail. I tell my kids go fail all the time. And do your, and uh, believe in yourself. That's and awesome. So that's it. You know, go fail and believe in yourself. That's Those awesome. two things together, right? Well, guys, there's loads of content here. We hope that you enjoyed it. Um, we hope that it's got some value for you. And, and, and worst case scenario is, is you listen to this again. But um, best case scenario is, is if you share this because this is a topic for every – if, you, if oh, you're yeah. a parent. Pretty um, sure all parents. Any <laughs> age kids, um, this is one for you. If you've got kids who are toddlers, this is a great 
uh, episode to listen to to get your mind wrapped around the timing of how to do this in future. And if your parents are teenagers, what Kobe said earlier, sit down and listen to this with them because it will give you a lot of stuff to talk about. Man, wouldn't that so, be great? Yeah. If, if you're a parent and you're like, I don't even know how to begin this. It's like, sweet. We're going to go on a drive. Brandon's going to talk We're going to go on a drive just, for about 45 minutes. You just push play. force it on and it, it's going. <laughs> yeah, I Dad, love it. Why are we on the freeway? Oh, just keep listening. We're, we're just driving. <laughs> yeah. Drive 45 minutes, turn on, drive 45 minutes back, and Absolutely. just give yourself an opportunity to have a conversation. So yeah. thanks for being here, you guys. All right. All right. We'll see yeah. you.